Welcome to the Narrow Way Podcast with Mike and Royce, where we discuss modern conservative ideas, self-improvement, applied philosophy, faith, technology, and much, much more. Thank you for joining us today. Our topic of conversation, friendship. How are you doing, my friend? Wonderful, my friend. How are you? I am excellent. Staying warm. Oh, yeah. It's been chilly the past couple weeks up here in the Northwest. Ice storm. They were not used to ice up here. And it comes around once in a while, but I guess yeah, not not enough to be prepared for it. It's no. not worth the investment, I guess, to prepare for it. For sure, they just shut everything down. Yep. So, so friendship. What is a friend to you? What does a friend mean Ooh. to you? Friendship is um, one of those very deep topics, but I think a, a very important one that people need to explore for themselves. Because um, the idea of friendship, the expectation of of a friendship, um, all those things can make or break a friendship, and and yeah. so it's interesting how uh, so often we don't think about those things. We don't look at a friendship with someone else and and really analyze it and say what what's the point of this? Is there a point? Uh, does there need to be a point? Yeah. Does there need to be yeah. a point or am I just floating down a river and they came floating next to me? So now we're floating a little bit together, I guess. In my mind, I've kind of always viewed friendship on like a, a scale. Hmm. It kind of on one end of the scale, you have your acquaintance, right? Somebody, you know, maybe they're in your phone, you know, you have some type of connection to them, maybe a friend of a friend or something like that. And then you kind of move up the scale and you get into the buddy territory where, yeah, we will hang out once in a while, or maybe we're work buddies. Maybe we're fishing buddies. You know, we might hang out on occasion, but we're not like involved in each other's lives really outside of a single activity. Mm Mm-hmm. Famously, there's drinking buddies. Never yeah. had any of those, yeah. but that always is quite the cultural trope. And then you move on up to the scale, the, your friend, uh, you know, somebody that they, they seem, at least in my experience, to come along kind of in seasons, you know, of your life. You'll have a friend and they'll maybe you'll be really close for a couple of years, maybe because just geography or common interest it's just like a deeper level of a buddy and then you move on up to the top of the scale is like your close friends you know those that couple of people that maybe you've known them for just your whole life for a very long time maybe your family with them and you know those are the people that you can call when people die you call when Mm. you know something great happens Mm -hmm. even if you don't live next to them you know there's still like like i got a few friends that you just call you know you don't talk to them maybe for six months but they're still right there yeah like something bad happens they're one of the first calls you make but what do you think of that analogy no i think that's i think everyone does that to an extent i think uh somewhat i really liked what you were talking about on the geographical friends or friends of convenience or for time periods, because that's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when you're friends with somebody in the moment, you are like, we're going to be friends forever, you know, like college buddies or tight. Yeah. We're (laughs) forever. Like I'll always be this close to them, you know, and, and, uh, and then life happens, you know, and, and you move away or they move away or, and, and you, I think, I think there's always that, that love there, the memories, you know, sure. cause that's something that, that will always be special to you. And it, it's a part of you. Um, and it, I believe you become a better friend, the more of those things you go through. Um, because I, I remember how I was a friend in high school and <laughs> things like that. I'm like, man, that was a rough, rough dude there. Right? 
and you try to grow, you know, with the, every friendship. And it's, and so sometimes that's a, that's a cool, cool aspect to kind of think about of like your high school buddies or, or the kids you grew up in church with, you know, or whatever, and college buddies, you know, all, all throughout these, these different time periods of our lives where the, the major changes happen. That's usually where you, you, cause like you said, with a friend, it's somebody you want to be able to call when, when you don't know what's going on, when life is just killing you and, and whether it, like you said, it be a, a death or a, or, you know, for, for a kid in high school, a, a failed, you know, interview or test or whatever, you know, that might be, um, for college or, or, you know, whatever that, you know, those, those different scary steps that everyone's, everyone knows these need to happen, but I, I don't feel like I can get through it alone. And so they, they, they seek that friendship to go through that, those difficult times together. And that's where people, a lot of the times I see them meet and, and develop that friendship. Yeah. And that jump from friend to like close friend, lifelong friend, that's a big jump. It is. At least in my experience. That's that sep- really separates the wheat from the chaff. Like yeah. I've had most people have had a lot of people that they would put in the friend category over the years, dozens at least. But the close friend category, I don't think it's really possible to have more than four or five people in there. Yeah, because in order to be in that category, there's a time investment there. And yeah. there's there's just there's this this special connection that has to happen too, to where my worldview needs to align somewhat close with them. My humor needs to align somewhere close to where they are. Our hobbies need to align somewhere close together, you know, just so that all these areas that we choose to spend our time, they can be a part of that. Because if they don't have those things, then the majority of the time we're spending doing the things we do, we're not going to have that time together. And I, and I think that's where a lot of people underestimate how important, like having the same interests are, you know, and, and being able to adapt to um, explore new things with people that you've never, you know, done before and not being afraid of that and just trying it out, doing it for a while. And then sometimes even ultimately doing it for the friend only, like there's not a great interest from yourself, but, but there's an interest to be together. And so taking time to do those activities that, Hey, it doesn't bring me the most joy, but I, I enjoy being around my friends. So I'm going to go do this with them, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a level up. I can get anybody to the buddy phase. Yeah. Like, yeah, you give, I get, give somebody decent enough social skills, you know? And I mean, even the, everybody's got a common interest somewhere. I don't know if I can find it. You can be my buddy. Yeah. Like we'll get there with enough time, but yeah, it's like, you got to, I hate to say you got to check a lot of boxes, Mm. but to really get to that, even to get to the friend stage, you have to check a certain number of boxes, right? And in my mind, to get from the friend to the close friend, it's not so much how many boxes you have checked. You already got enough boxes checked. You know, you're hanging out. You're, you're spending time together. It's really just then a matter of how much time and what have you gone through. What's the time spent around? I think of people in the military. Oh, yeah. Those guys that... It's a bond. That bond that's formed from the time spent together under distress. You know, it's like a forging hammer of distress Mm. just welding you together. You know, and you throw in all the humor and all the, the extra stuff that goes along with it. But really, the core of that time spent together was under such intense pressure. It's like it bonded you together for all time and and, you know that's one way it could be formed or some for some people it's just a more a function of time you know a lot of years 
of consistency. Um, but I've seen even those fall apart. Yep. And and I think there's a good argument to be made that without that kind of peril or, you know, trials that you've weathered together, it like that's almost the glue that really makes it forever. Yeah. Or deep enough to to last, you know. I mean, you see on YouTube, I'll be bawling my eyes out in the middle of the night watching some video of these World War II vets, you oh, know, that yeah. haven't seen each other since D-Day, you know, and they're 80, 90 years old and they meet each other and they're crying and hugging each other. They haven't seen each other in 70 years. Mm, wow. And it's like still there. Like, okay, that's something different, you know. What is that? Yeah, and and you don't want to diminish that at all, you yeah. know, because I think that started out as a friendship of convenience. And like you said, through the pain and through the struggle and and going through something that so few ever go through. So no one understands you. Like and, and having having like lifetime consequences from that of what you saw, what you experienced. Um, and it's just, I mean, you watch these world war two movies on, you know, and world war one and just like, and I don't, I'm not going to recommend any movies because usually if they make it real, there's a lot of profanity. in those oh, They're extremely gra- yeah. graphic yes, too. Yes, and graphic. Yes. Because war is graphic. Yeah. It's the reality. If you're going to try and depict it, you know, and, yeah. and, and make it close to what it was. But I think not long ago, I'm trying to remember, I think it's called Hacksaw Ridge. Have you ever heard of that movie? Yeah. I have not seen it, but I have heard of it. Yeah. yeah I, so I guess based on a true story. Yeah. I mean, um, it is it's one of those things that is just powerful when you see it. But you know, the, the idea was there's this um, young man and he uh, wanted to go to war, but he wanted to go to the war to save lives, he wanted to be a medic and he wanted to go to war to save lives, not take life. And, and I, you know, probably somewhat of a, of a liberal agenda there, you know, included in that, but I didn't have any preconceptions going into the movie. And so the way it was depicted to me and for, from what I saw, I think that it was, it was a very um, a very good balance to try and depict what he was, his, his message was. Yeah. And, and at the end of the movie, they actually interview the real guy that, that the story's about. And so it was like, whoa, okay, this, you know, it's real. But uh, I guess he, um, they were trying to push uh, on the Jap and in the Japanese, uh, and there, tra- there's just this ridge and it's got this long, long, you know, rope, rope ladder. And so they all climb up the, the ridge, they get to the top and then there's like three bunkers set up and they're just trying to charge. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> well, they're just trying to get to that next checkpoint. Yeah. Really like it was an important strategic point. Um, but ultimately, one of those situations that no one would know about that or think about that because it wasn't like, oh, we're taking over a huge city or something like that. Would We would look back on history. This is the turning point of the war. You know, that it wasn't something like that. And so literally these young men are just going up there to knowing that we're either going to be injured to where we can't walk or we're going to die. That's what's going to happen. The entire platoons are going up there and a handful of guys are coming back down. And most of them that are coming back down are, are just like destroyed. Uh, no legs, you know, different things and very, very graphic stuff. And, but this guy that wanted to be a medic, he finally, he was attacked because the sergeant drill sergeants didn't want to let him in the army because he wouldn't pick up a gun and things like that. Conscientious objector. Yeah. And, and that's what he ended up being. And they finally allowed him through to go. And, uh, 
And so he went up there and he didn't want to touch any guns. And so he's just going through saving his buddy's life, like going through. And I just like watching that. And, you know, he, the movie does a really good job of, he gets close to guys during his, you know, boot camp and things like that. And, and he watches them just die right in front of him, you know, and then other times it's like, he's spending a good amount of the movie with this guy, like all night with somebody. And you're just like, okay, you know, you're thinking, well, this guy's got to live. Right. And he, you know, it's just like, yeah, all this stuff that they go through and, so then his platoon gets called the, the retreat call because they're going to airstrike. And so while they're airstriking, instead of going back with his platoon, he stays up there looking for other soldiers of his own that, that were, that he's trying to save and he gets to them. And so while this airstrike's going on, he's avoiding the airstrikes and, and he's a Christian man from what I understood uh, of, of the film and uh and it really was a just a very powerful thing for me cuz at being at that age you know and and just how he just wanted to help people and and that's ultimately what he did and so like for all night long he's sitting there and then the airstrike stops and he says a says a thing he says a phrase like oh no there goes my cover it's like who thinks like that, right? An airstrike is your cover. What get out of there? What are you doing, soldier? You know, but in his mindset, that's what was causing smoke to go up, and 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 so he get to the soldiers, patch him up enough, and he was pulling them over to the ridge, and he was a climber before that, and so he used this knowledge of climbing how to save somebody. So he wraps ties this knot around each of these soldiers and drops them down. And I think he ended up saving somewhere between like 75 men. Wow. And just crazy amount of number. And, and like, you know, they show the, the infirmary there and they're going, who saves, who's saving all these people? Where are these people coming from? And they're like, we don't know. We have no idea. They just keep coming down. We just, cause they're just seeing bodies being roped down. They don't see who's up there or what's going on up there. All they see is these ropes bringing, bringing these bodies down that are severely injured that can't move. And yeah, it's just, it was a, one of those, you, you definitely probably want to watch with like a vid angel, you know, to, 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 keep the swearing and stuff like that down. But if you're going to watch it, very, very graphic, but very realistic and, and showing things that we will, we take for granted as, as people, uh, the things people go through to, to ensure our freedom and, and wars that have been fought. And, and some will argue, well, what was that even for all those young men? What did they even die for? And, and just to, to that, I just, I say, you know, they were being, they were listening to their authority, trying to do what was best for their country. Because without the order, there's no way a war would ever been won. And, and they were, they were just powerful examples of, of obeying those orders and doing, giving their lives for their country. And Strong men. Yeah. 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 Men. They, they created good times too. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, that the, bond. Yeah. Sorry. The bonds that are, that are formed and, and stuff like that are, I don't think you can describe it really yeah. accurately unless you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, we've all had bonds that have been formed to some degree or another un, under some sort of traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like a taste of that kind of thing. But in thinking about the war, throughout most of history, war has been a predominantly male-populated activity. And it's also, in my experience, you let me know how you think the war war part ties into this, but in my experience friendships between men and men and women and women are very different in their dynamic. Men seem to, and this is very um, anecdotal, (laughs) but men with men, friendships, um, generally pretty low maintenance, 
um, a lot quicker to come and go. They, they seem to like ramp up and ramp down a lot easier than faster, you know, and with women, it's the, the barrier seems to be a little more like there's needs to be more trust built up. And I don't know if the argument can be made that maybe it's because of a competition hypothesis, you know, you don't want to bring, if you're, if you have a family, you don't want to affect that in any negative way. Um, you know, it just seems like there's a little, little bit more of a gap that has to be jumped across to get to that women, women friendship. But then once it's made, oftentimes it appears that they can be fairly deep. And it's also, there's a lot more emotional pain when they expire, if if they expire, obviously, but when they expire, there seems to be a lot more emotional pain as opposed to uh, a male friendships. And my instinct tells me that that would be more than likely due to us having to experience war and hunting and a lot of death, you know, losing people quickly in these predominantly historically male professions of killing and violence and death. It's like, Oh, well my buddy so-and-so died. Yeah. Guess I got to get a new buddy. Yeah. You know, and I can't sit here and cry about it for too long. I might shed a few tears, but mm-hmm. yeah, we got to get going. We got to get going or we're like going to die too. Yep. So it just seems to be a different dynamic. Not necessarily a different value, just a different kind of way of operation. What are your What are your thoughts on that aspect of friendship? I don't want to touch the opinion of women friendship with a ten foot pole. No, easy, easy. Right? No, <laughs> no uh, <clears throat> I think women tend to crave friendship more. You think so? Than than men, um, and. Th- here's my thought process on that mm-hmm. is um, they crave friends, like the friends and the close friends more than men do. Um, for most men, I would say a lot of friendships start with the convenience. Um, I don't know a lot of men that are seeking other friendships with other males. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. That's yeah. not something that, I think happens a lot. It's usually. um, Oh, you're here. Let's be friends. Exactly. You're here. (laughs) I'm here. What do you think about this? And then, you know, oh, that's interesting. I enjoy talking, you know, where they strike up a conversation and talk about, you know, whether it be anything under the sun from, you know, politics to uh, tools, tools, (laughs) war, cars, you know, uh, building projects and are pretty simple generally speaking. Yeah. And, and so, so I think like we don't, that's why I think we don't crave it as much as women tend to most, most women. I, I feel that if they don't have a girlfriend, they feel like I'm missing something in my life and something isn't there. And so they, they are seeking that and not all women. I wouldn't, you can't, you can't fit any, there's, you can't generalize no. for the whole population. For That's sure not, not. Um, personalities are different. Mm-hmm. Circumstances are different, but yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that, that the, but I don't know. I can't say for sure. This is all anecdotal. Yeah. It's, you know, just our experiences, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, can't really back this up empirically, but. Yeah, I've never gone any particular length of time where I would say I had no friends, though. Mm, yeah. Like, I had no one to call. I've always had somebody. Maybe we didn't see each other for a long time, but there was always somebody on the line. Mm. So, I think maybe we do need something. Or maybe we just need to know that someone's there, regardless of how much time we spend with them. I think maybe I would say women women's friendships require more maintenance yeah i was i was going to get to that too yeah that 
women friend women's friendships seem to be more day to day as opposed to men's like so if it's if a week's gone by and and i haven't talked to my buddy it's not a big deal sometimes if a month goes by it's not even a big deal um but for ladies if they don't hear from somebody daily or sometimes within a few days probably realistically depending on if they work or not uh, that because the more free time you have the more time you have to think about these things you know and and so I would think that I would agree with you there that I think that maintenance looks different but it's still needed because like you said I think men's friendships are almost always on the the edge of possibly fading away um and it takes one of the men to pull it back to reach out because we don't we don't reach out as much you know i would say as as women tend to do we don't we're not seeking to talk about our everyday um with each other as, as much as i i would say women enjoy doing and and want that support and and sometimes like you said i think I think different different um, stages of life that changes because I think before marriage, there's a way bigger desire for friendships with ladies. And, um, and I think they always want to have their girlfriends at that time. Whereas men, we almost even after marriage, and it's not because we're trying to get away from our wives and our kids, but we tend to to crave that because that's when it gets a lot harder for us as men. I'm not just accountable and taking care of myself anymore, but I'm, I see it as my, I'm taking care of a family. Now I've got a wife to take care of kids to, to help and take care of. And, and, and all those, all those responsibilities tend to build up to the point that I need somebody else that's going through this that I can talk with this, talk to about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of the, when you get married, either male or female, Mm -hmm. when you get married, that's a very pivotal moment in your friendships. Cause you, you, you do tend to generally switch, switch up friends around that time. Just, I mean, again, as a matter of convenience, Yeah, you know, you don't, one, you don't want to be the single guy hanging out with the married couple. That's weird. <laughs> you don't want to be the married couple hanging out with the single guy. Also, just as weird, you know, you want to start hanging out with couples. And, yeah. you know, you want to... And, you know, that kind of morphs. There's a there's a, a transitional phase mm-hmm. for that. But eventually, it falls. You know, the ones that they fall off yeah. that are not supposed to be there whether it's just because of time or, you know, maybe you moved or Mm. they they just fall off. Yeah. Pretty naturally. And it's hopefully no one's feelings get hurt. Yes. Because that's just life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and then when you have kids, of course, another transitional time, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff can change. Maybe it doesn't change as much, but yeah, I think you just, as you go through life and you hit those milestones, it, it affects a lot of things. Friendships being a huge one. And, you know, I would say that I've had kind of the same personally, the same quote unquote requirements for friends as I've had since I can remember, you know, as far as the amount of time I spend with them, you know, how many, what we do, it's tapered probably since, you know, you get out of high school, it tapers off a little bit, mm-hmm. but I was never a socialite myself yeah. anyway. I was homeschooled, so yeah, didn't have that many friends. It wasn't this wide net of acquaintances sure, like it is for most people, but yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, for... What's interesting too is is something that I've started just I would say in the past probably five years. Um I say just, but you know, as you get older that <laughs> that phrase five years goes five by years, faster and does. faster, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Yeah. 
and and you start to you start to realize that there's opportunities to be a mentor and and like whether it be at a job you know cuz you have more experience and so somebody naturally wants to learn from you there's that respect that's automatically there and there's a desire to know more of what you know and in spending that time together it can morph into a friendship and a very strong friendship in that uh, for me personally just being a pastor and working with people there's you know this there's this desire to um spend time together to know um how to structure our lives in a lot of areas and learning from the wisdom of people that are older than us and and i think that that is that is a an area and i would i would even consider it part of friendship um because it's a relationship that happens that is that is um is something that is very fulfilling and something that is very um special that that a lot of times people don't don't see the potential there uh, of 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 having been that influential into somebody's life, especially somebody you know who's five, ten years younger than you, you know, um, helping them learn from the mistakes that you've already made, and and uh, seeing that grow, and uh, and that's something that I think as you get older, you start to see opportunities for that, whether it be in you know, your future son-in-law, you know, and I'm not there yet. I'm just talking for a wide variety of audiences, but like future young men, maybe that you are like, these are good young men. And I want to make sure that they can grow up and, and, and know some things so that they aren't as lost as I felt when I became an adult, you know. And don't be afraid to hang out with old people. Yeah. Or what you think are old people. Yeah. (laughs) Trust me, they they don't seem so old, you know, once you get there. Yep. But, you know, having friends cross-generationally is the best. Yeah. They give you wisdom and experience, and you give them free labor, (laughs) um... Youth. You know, youth, <laughs> fun, mm-hmm. you know, how you have fun, how do you work technology? Mm. Like, it's a great trade-off. Yeah. It's a great deal. I've Benefits been taking advantage of, of that my whole life. Yeah. I mean, just the friendship I had with my, my grandfather. Mm. We were best friends. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, we weren't even related, mm. like, by blood. We were just, we were best friends. We did everything together. And he, then, you know, he's, he was, you know, in his late sixties, early seventies. And I was in my teenage years. It didn't matter. Yeah. You know, he would, I would help him with stuff that he needed help with and he would teach me everything he, kn- he knew. And we just hung out. Oh yeah. Like it was great. I, it, friendship is one of those beautiful things that it, it doesn't have very many set boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, marriage has set boundaries. Yeah. Generally speaking. Um, what else am I, what else am I trying to think about here? Marriage, just the things in life, society, society imposes like, okay, you have to fall within these boundaries and friendships. Like I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Family, you know, your father's always older than you. Your grand, you know, your grandfather's always older than you. You know, it's hard to be friends with your kids as friends. That's not okay. Yeah. Um, but you can just go out and hit, shoot, shoot the breeze with some old dude. Yeah. We were at a retirement home yesterday and you know, those old folks love to just chat you up. Oh yeah. You know, you can hang out with them. Mm-hmm. They'll teach you some things. Yeah. And the, a wise man, a wise man, I think is somebody that teaches himself to learn from others mistakes yeah. and if you can if you can learn to do that you're going to be ahead of the curve ahead of a lot of people because you've got a lifetime of mistakes that are just they'll serve right up because they don't care anymore 
like that, that pride, that shame, all those things that I have and you have, you know, people that are under 50, I would say, <laughs> maybe under 60. I don't know. I'm not there yet. Right. But just, you know, you get to a certain point where you just don't care anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm trying to get there every day. Yeah, right. Try to cultivate that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh and that's what uh that that's one of those principles in life that I don't think you'll ever be able to be that disciplined to learn from all their mistakes. There's certain things you're just gonna make mistakes and learning from those and but even even if you have the right answer to fix that mistake that helps, you know, because when you make a mistake, there's just this, what do I do now? And if you've heard of other people that have made that mistake, just to be able to go, well, this is a, this is a path, this has helped. And, and so, but, um, it also, I would say, um, friendship is one of those things to where I would say, I don't classify people as close friends um, unless I see something in them that I want to see in myself. It sounds very selfish in that way, but but it goes to this understanding of, you know, you are who your friends are, you know, that they are going to influence you the most. Whoever you, you have around you, they are going to influence you whether you like it or not. You are the average of your, the people you, the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. And, and for me, that's another level because I know there are certain people and there are a lot of people that I can be friendly with, like you said, buddies with, and they can tell me stuff all day long, try to critique my life, try to give me input, try to teach me things. And it goes in one ear and out the other ear because I see their life and I see where they are and I see what I've seen of who they are. And if I don't respect that and I don't want that in my life, then I'm not going to listen to what they have to say because that's going to influence me. And so that was that's something, one of those requirements that I think you have to have for those close friends is this understanding that do I want to be more like this person? You won't be identical to who they are, but you are going to become that way somewhat of who they are. And does that scare you? Is that what you want? Um, and the people you're spending time with, whether whatever we classify them as too, can, can influence us that way. 100%. So, obviously, friendship is important. Mm -hmm. It's it's like one of the core foundational things for a fulfilling life. What do you say to someone that's, uh, that doesn't have any friends? Or that doesn't feel like they have any friends? I would say they're not alone first. Because I think a lot of people struggle with that fear, doubt, like, is this more one-sided, this friendship, you know, that we have? Like, do they really want to be around me or do they just have nothing better to do, <laughs> you know? And there's that fear there. Um, but so, so first and foremost, a lot of people feel that way, that I don't know if I really have a lot of close friends. I don't know if I have any close friends. Um, and then I would also say to that, a close friend is created by learning to care about that person's life and trials and difficulties as much as your own. Yeah. Because... It's built, not bought. Yeah. it's a, Because if you just are always talking about yourself, always talking about your problems, always trying to do things that you want to do with people. 
that 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 lowers the possibility of being able to cultivate a friendship with someone. It doesn't mean it's impossible. You could find people that are very very similar to how you are and and it works. That that's not to say cuz you've seen we've all seen people that have a good friend and they're both just idiots. <laughs> but they're idiots <laughs> together and they love it, right? Selfish idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. selfish idiots and but the, it works. The the non-selfish idiots make the best friends. Yes. <laughs> they're tight. Yeah. They're and they're funny and interesting, right? But uh so someone who is seeking friendship, um, I would say stop trying to fit your friend in a box and trying to make them who you want them to be as your friend. And just flip it around and say, how can I be who this person wants or needs as a friend? I think if you come at it with that attitude, the field of potential friends is pretty big. Yeah, Because like you said, there are so many people that are in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want a friend? Yeah. So many people are lonely. And you don't necessarily have to check all the boxes on the list when you come at it with that attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be friends across the aisle. You can be friends across any imaginary boundary mm-hmm. if you come at it with that attitude of of just human love. Yeah. You know, I want to love you as a friend. Yeah. I want to do something for you. I'm going to take the action for you. What do you need? And you know, sometimes people don't reciprocate. And if it happens, you know, if you continually sacrifice for somebody and they never reciprocate, well, then there's your sign. Yeah. Move on. Mm-hmm. But good people reciprocate. And I've seen friendships that have been built. Maybe there was, you know, some type of convenience in the beginning, like we said, some type of commonality on one point or a couple points, but all these other points were wildly different. Yeah. You know, and you think, oh, these people would never be able to, you could, like, we can't even have them in the same room together. And then they become friends. But they, they had that, the Greek word agape. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's the, the sacrificial, unconditional kind of love. Which builds, obviously, the strongest friendships, I think, too. Yeah. And, but I would also say be the first to, be the first to sacrifice. Try to be the first person to sacrifice. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And, Might as well be you. And because I, because that gives you, um, such a, a step toward in the right direction of, of what people are looking for. Um, there's, it's, it's really hard because, Friendship is one of those things that you can have, like we said, friends of convenience. So meaning there's this give and take, like, uh, you know, we, we, we work together. So we're spending eight hours a day together anyway. So let's get along, you know, type thing. Um, and sometimes that'll branch out of, uh, into like, oh, let's go see a movie, let's have dinner, you know, stuff like that, that you can do outside of work. Uh, but still, if you move jobs, that friendship's probably not going to survive. It just is part of life because it was created on that convenience. It's a 95% drop-off rate in my experience. Yeah, it, mean, just, it just is. And But, but don't... Bemoan it. Yeah, don't don't not be friendly with people at your work because that is the case. Because go ahead, that's a big point right yeah. there. Don't be scared to get into a fr- friendship because you're scared of heartbreak. Yeah, or I because that, it's temporary, or because it's temporary. Like, yeah, it's life short, mm-hmm. and don't rob yourself of good times just because they may end or because they all will end. Sure. You know, all friendships end, all relationships end, all marriages end. Everything's got to come to an end at some point. So you got to get in there and you got to live it 
and you might you only got so much time so you get right now yep live it do as much as you can and then when it's time make it graceful and 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 go to the next adventure Yep. And so I've I've so many people I've it's, I I don't want to make any friends here because I'm 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 only going to live here for a year. Yep. I don't want to make any friends because I'm I'm you know, I'm scared they won't. You know, people are scared of rejection. People are scared of so many things. You, you just got to you got to not care enough <laughs> to care. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that's where the close friends come come into play a lot too, is when you when you have a close friend, then it's not as scary to make other friends. But here's the mistake a lot of people tend to make is they get that close friend and that's it. All right. I got a friend. No need for any other friends. This is my friend, you know? Yeah. And that'll cause isolation. And, and that, that gives and I hate to put it this way, but it, it almost gives that person too much power um, to to affect your emotions, to affect your joy, to affect so many things. And, and so don't ever just have one and only one. There needs to be a... Because, I mean, even if there are two different people, two, two people that love to spend a lot of time together all the time, even if that's present... It's still not healthy, I don't think. I would agree. And I think, you know, humans are very... When you actually think about things, just anything, you almost can't think about yourself on your own with any accuracy or any, you know, without really going to bad places. Like if you just in isolation, sit down and try to contemplate your own self. And I'm not eloquent enough to dive into the, the heuristics of that study, but you got to have people to bounce stuff off of. Mm. You know, you got to have people to bounce problems off of. And not e- even if they don't respond or even if they don't give you any useful information. <laughs> just you explaining something to somebody that you're, some, you know, a problem that you're dealing with will help you better understand the problem. Verbalizing it and, and kind of putting it on paper, but not on paper, like putting it on a friend. Sure. I'm going through this. Let me explain it to you and I will understand it better. That kind of thing. And if you only have one person to do that with, you can create these feedback loops that just spiral out of control, right? Because they maybe they'll give you they give you the same feedback over and over again. You're feeding them information in the form of your problems or your emotions or whatever. And they have a certain kind of feedback they're giving you. And if you just run that one type of feedback loop from that one person over and over and over again, it distorts everything. If you run it through a multitude of people, and not not a multitude, probably the wrong word. Sure. You run it through a couple people at least. You're going to get different feedback from each one of those people. And that's going to clear everything up you can take okay you can mesh these feedbacks together on this maybe this one particular problem or this one philosophy on philosophy on money um you know how i do my finances etc etc you're getting multiple sources of feedback on your conversations or what just your life in general i think that is really a foundational importance when it comes to keeping your mind straight, you know, if you don't have that, or if you put all of that down on one person, Mm -hmm. I think that can be, that's really the core of that being unhealthy. Yeah. You you said something that's really, really important and good is I don't know how many times I've 
whether it be in church, I'm preaching, and in the moment as I'm teaching something, something clicks. And it just comes out so much better. And it makes what I'm talking about so much clearer and so much more relatable and understandable. And and the same is true, I think, with our problems is sometimes we'll figure out our problems just by voicing them. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's, it's part of how you think Yeah, is when you voice out things and you put them, you take them from a thought and put it into speech. That is a form of understanding. Yeah, I will also say this to the one of the dangers with having one friend that is ride or die type thing is if you're their ride or die and they're your ride or die, there's a fear of offending or saying anything that could hurt the other person. And sometimes the greatest friends you have are the ones that'll say, hey, you're being an idiot. Hey, this is you're wrong here. Yeah. What are you doing? You know better than this. These aren't words we want to hear, but they're words that a friend that's a good friend will say, and maybe more tactfully than I just mentioned it, but just like not usually in, yeah. the, in my case. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, not usually. <laughs> but like, but like re- reality, like, like they really want what's best for you. And in wanting what's best for you, they say, no, the way you're going about this, you're headed towards a rough, rough end. You're and talking about real love here. Yeah. Caring right? about someone enough to hurt their feelings? Yes. What? Yeah, what? In our day and time? Forget about it. No. But it's 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 the truth. Like, if you only have one friend that you you care about so much, then there's there comes a point where it's like, I know what's headed that way, but if I bring that up, then they're going to get mad. We're not going to talk, and I'm not going to have a friend, and and there's just this, mm, it's not worth it. Don't keep all your eggs in one basket, kids. Yeah, and so, so yeah, so having multiple friends, and, and not that friendship is a selfish thing. It's not something that we should see that way as, well, I need to have this, this, and this in place. And if it's not, then I have to seek and find that. So it's simple. No, but I would say that there are benefits to having a lot of variety of people as your friends. So I would, I would, I always want to have a friend that I'm looking to as this dude is smart. He knows he's smarter than I have ever been or ever will be. (laughs) And so there's an intelligence of a, res- a respect for intelligence there. We might see somebody else that this person knows people. They understand people more than, and, and I don't know why, but everyone likes this person. And it's not because they're super beautiful or they're, they're really charismatic or I don't know what it is, but they understand people and people listen to that person. And, you know, having these different types of people and then you, there's these other people that are super successful, like they've built businesses and they've done things and, and you look to them and you know they've gone through a lot of difficult things to get where they're at and, and being able to glean off of that and understand that and see how they got there and just having, having these, these things that you're looking for in friendships as well is important because where we invest our time, we, only, we all only have a certain amount of time. That's, the, that's just truth. And so make sure that your friends are, are somebody that you're like, I want to be more like that. I want, I want my life to grow to something that's similar. And I think that's, that's an important thing, not to just have one. Yeah. And I will say, as far as finding friends, there's good places, there's bad places. Oh, that's, and, that's a good point. And really, the place kind of makes it. The location. Online's a great maybe starter. It's not really a place, though. So I don't really consider it, quote unquote, friend. You know, Facebook kind of coined that term when we were younger. (laughs) And it just never sat right. Because a friend is somebody that you and them are in a, a place together at a time. 
Like that at least has to be the start of it. And that place being the variable that you control in that equation is crucial. Mm. You know, you can't always control who's going to be at that place, but you can control the place that you're at. You don't typically make friends with good people in bars, honky tonks, nightclubs. <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah. Parties. Yeah. You know, places like church, places like, you know, voluntary places that you go where people are trying to better their lives. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic place to find friends. Yeah. Charitable events. Charitable events. Conferences, mm-hmm. you know, personal development events. Those are the places. If you're seeking to improve your life, which I hope if you're listening to this, you are. Those are the places you should be going to. And if you're going to actively look for friends or involuntary solicit people for, you know, just meeting people that may or may not turn into something more the same goes for spouses too by the way true could pretty much apply this to any relationship you want to have that (laughs) is going to be beneficial to your lifelong happiness and success except for the multiple spouses Uh, thing i'm talking about the location here (laughs) not how many yeah yeah. totally different (laughs) totally different um but yeah look really contemplate where you're spending your time you know where are you trying to meet people and that's like 80% of the battle right there. Yeah, because so often people, why well, I, I don't have any good close friends that, you know, they care about me. It's it's all like, I feel like I'm doing stuff for them. And, and it's like, well, where did you meet those people? And a lot of the times that'll tell you, you know, and sometimes there's, there's just, oh, we were on the subway, you know, or, oh, you know, we, we met in a park or. Tennis, disc golf, some some interest that you were doing there together. Um, And so that I would say on in that aspect, the the location might not be as influential. But um, if you're seeking friends, like you said, and you want to have a good chance of finding somebody that will be beneficial to your life, then you need to seek for them where, where those types of people hang out and those types of people are the the most of them would be in those places uh, and and it doesn't mean that you can't find losers in those places and it doesn't 100%. mean you can't find winners right but, doesn't mean you can't find winners in you know unsavory places yeah, too but true. Yeah. If we're talking about statistics here yes you want to focus your time in those kind of places yeah those those like-minded self-improvement across a variety of spectrums and that's where I think online might um, might be a place you could if you're if you're following certain you know YouTube channels or things like that and you see comments or things like that then then yeah I think that could be something that you could find some friendships that are thinking and you see a comment and you're like I agree with what that person's saying and strike up a conversation with them you know or something but you have to be careful definitely <laughs> online yeah definitely. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing when you really contemplate. You kind of think back, where did I meet some of the friends in my life, you know? And the good ones that have stuck around, it's always been in positive places. Yeah. But the other thing is you have to go to these places. Yes. It cracks me up that people will sit at home in the basement <laughs> or in, in you know just at home I have no friends. Mm-hmm. I, I have and nobody cares. Well, people don't even know you exist. Yeah. You have to go. It was like I go to these places and then nobody cares about my life or wants to talk to me. Talk to other talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like that's a fear. Fear of rejection. Totally legitimate, but if you want to be successful in life, you have to get over it. Cuz one it will come and two you don't get anything without getting over that. Mm. Whether it's a spouse, whether it's a, a friendship you're trying to achieve, whether it's anything else in life you're trying to achieve. The fear of failure, the fear of rejection, you have to put that aside 
be brave enough to walk past it, walk through the fire, and walk up to somebody and say, hey, I know you were you do this, this, and this. I do this, this, and this too, uh, and strike up a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. If you've never, the less you've done that, the tougher it is. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah, and, and that's something that, like, especially, like, I think about church. If somebody new comes to a church, if they're expecting to meet a friend the first time that they come, I think you're, that's unrealistic expectations. Absolutely. Because the good friends, it takes time to build friendships with them. They They don't have time in their life for all the all the people that want to be their friends, but there's puffery. Yeah. It's just like an empty friendship. They're not seeking that. And so a lot of the times for the good friends that you're seeking, you have to do a lot in order to build that respect in order for them to also want to reciprocate that friendship. You know, it's funny. I've been through so many iterations of friends from church. Mm-hmm. So I've gone to church my whole life mm-hmm. and I've been through the cycle countless times and what I've kind of come to the conclusion of is I'm never going to be close friends with somebody if the only if our interaction is at church mm-hmm. I can meet them at church but no matter they could sit right next to me for 15 years. <laughs> and if that's the only time we, and, and that's a lot of hours, but if that's the only time we spend together, you know, there's always people that talk and yeah, maybe you talk, but I always say, I'm never going to be, we're, we're never going to be friends unless we go to a men's camp together mm-hmm. or do work days together or, um, now my mind just went blank. Go to church, uh, summer camp together, or you do something together outside of church, quote unquote. Um, otherwise, that there's not enough substance there. Yeah, and and I would even include. I think why you your mind went straight to those things is because even if you take people out to dinner. There's a watch, there's a cell phone, there's a next event that needs to happen. Yeah. And But when you go to like a men's conference, when you go to family camps, when you go to these these places that it's, you're stuck there, you know? And, and that sounds bad, but but really it's a good thing because it's, there's, there's no job to get to. There's no, I've got to get back to watch my show or, or spend time and do these things. No. Usually there's bad cell phone reception. <laughs> there's, there's just, but there's, there's really people around you that are seeking connection. It, and it's a dedicated time to build those kind of friendships. Yes. And I used to think that that stuff wasn't like not, a, not really important. Yeah. Like anything outside of the, the nine to five church mm-hmm. <laughs> um, was very optional. Yeah. And the more that I've matured and progressed, the more you, you realize that if I really want relationships out of this, this whole thing, you got to do more than just that. Yeah. You got to, you got to dedicate some time. It all goes back to time and, and just bite the bullet and do it. Yeah, bite the bullet, sacrifice too, because but it's you got to take a lot time off and do stuff. You know, always been worth it. Yeah, absolutely. It's always been a great oh, time. That's so true. You know, and yeah. maybe you don't go to church. There's always something, you know, where you can dedicate time. There's so many programs. There, so many things that you can actually dedicate time to to make these kind of connections. Yeah, they're deeper than just oh, we're both here. You know. Cool. Let's talk about something. <laughs> yeah. You just can't get that deep in 20 minutes, you know? No. Yeah, because who looks at 
uh, a church sign or a charitable event or whatever that's happening and goes, I want to get there 45 minutes early to talk to people. No one. Exactly. We go, oh, it starts at 11. I'll be there at 10.59. <laughs> and we're usually three or four minutes late. <laughs> yep. And how has the connection happened with that? You know, because then after it's over, it's all right, it's lunch. We got to go eat, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Friendships are important. Yeah. And I, and don't be afraid of them. That's like I said, that's don't be afraid to lose them because there's always another one that will help you. And, and I know they'll leave scars. You know, sometimes when it's hard and the friendships end, but keep the memories, you know, keep your expectations low. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And your openness high. Yes. You know, and hold to the good memories. Hold to the good memories. Yeah. But if you keep your expectations low and you put in enough time, it'll be great. Yep. <laughs> really well. That is. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Sounds good. Any other final closing thoughts? Nope. I, I, I enjoyed it. I think that's that's a good, good full discussion on friendship. All right. Go out and make some friends. We'll see yes. you later. See you guys. Mm-hmm.